Welcome, I'm Kalia, and this is the Light Above Solitude podcast, a podcast for the multifaceted soul currently in search of that special spark. Light Above Solitude is for the woman who doesn't feel safe enough to be completely authentic. I am here to tell you, you were born to stand out. I am ready to guide you out of solitude and into the light of hope, love, and freedom. I chat about self-discovery and growth through stories and lessons learned on my journey from the dark side of depression into the light of alignment. My path is paved with breakdowns and breakthroughs. While I know I'm not unique in that, my intention is to open the door and invite you through on your own path of self-discovery. I will be right here with you as we illuminate your path and you realign yourself with the truest version of you. All right, time to get lit. This is a guest episode. In my business, Front Seat Writer, I host a segment show called Stories, in which I invite guests to our Facebook group to share a little bit about their journey to mental wellness and how animals, particularly dogs, have helped them along the way. This is their story. I hope you enjoy. Just a little disclaimer. This episode contains audio taken from a video that was originally streamed live into another platform. So please excuse any of the sound difference you might hear and any other side chatter that may occur. If you would like to follow me in my Facebook group to check some of these shows out live while they are on the air, the link should be in the show notes below. And thank you for your consideration. All right, we're live. Hello, everybody. I want to introduce you today to my lovely friend, Jessica Denatali, right? Denatali? Denatali, but that's okay. One more time. Denatali. Denatali. Okay, I have to get that down. (laughs) Okay, it's all right. I have weird names too. (laughs) I can't tell you how many, like, different way people have said my name so I just you know D is fine D is fine just D there we go (laughs) (laughs) all right I met this lovely woman in another group and she came on live and the moment I saw her I was like in a trance I'm like I need to have more of this woman in my life she is amazing (laughs) and so I jumped into her group which we can talk about later um and I just love her so much, and I'm so happy that you came on to share. Of course, of course. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. (laughs) So, as most of you guys in the group know, I've been on a decluttering kick for a while now, and clearing out things that don't serve me, like getting into my trailer, and um, quitting my job, like all these crazy things, right? (laughs) I know. And you just quit your job. I'm so happy. I did. Technically, Halloween was my last day. So here I am. So amazing. Yeah. But on that note, emotional baggage is not safe either. So this is where I came in and I met Jessica and I had to work with her one-on-one after being in a group for a while. And we had a... um, what she calls an intuitive breakthrough session. 
It was fantastic. So um, we can also talk about how to work with her later. But um, just before we get started, how about you introduce yourself a little bit? Where are you from? Where are you, where are you tuning in from? Sure. Yeah, definitely. So hello, hello. My name is Jess. I am from technically East Haven, Connecticut. If you know anything about Peppy's Pizza, New Haven County, I'm like right next door to them. Um, kind of got into this journey from rock bottom. It, it's a very interesting story and everybody's is different, obviously. But um, my soul dog of 12 years passed away. She was, unfortunately, she was hit by a car in August. Um, you think you know rock bottom until you lose the one thing that you love more than yourself, right? So um, in her death, though, I found all of this guidance, this wisdom, this gift that she gave me that I'd been harboring since I was a child, really. Um, you know, the sixth sense, I, I see dead people kind of deal with what I was dealing with as a child and really struggled with because I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Um, and yeah, this is a little woo-woo. I know it's a little different, um, but I kind of suppressed it for a really long time until I realized that like what I'm meant to do is to help women, like help women heal specifically. Um, what I've been doing, I started a lot with shadow work, my own shadow work, and then offering services to other women and now focusing more on inner child work and healing the parts of ourselves that we really don't remember as kids. Cause she calls the shots, y'all. She calls the shots subconsciously. So it's time to uh to talk to her and nurture her and love on her, especially if she doesn't know what that's like. So Yes. That's a little bit about me. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So let's dive into that because during our session, I got to talk to my 16-year-old self, which was where a lot of my relationship um problems stem from mm -hmm. and that was I mean I always like felt like I forgave her I knew I was doing the best I could when I was doing it when I was there mm -hmm. but there was something different about literally speaking the words to her yeah that was so so more profound than just yeah yeah I forgive myself I did the best I can powerful yeah so let's dive into that how did yeah. you get into inner child work um, by accident, I feel like this whole journey has just been like, here, here's another step. Here's another step. Um, I just realized that when we were doing sessions like with you or with anybody else, somebody needed forgiveness. And usually it was you that needed forgiveness. And I think like, this is how I explain it to people. I'm trying to find my selenite. Here we go. I'll use this as an example. Excuse me. So selenite beautiful stone. It is almost like a salty material, so it will break apart into pieces. But if you imagine yourself as a piece of selenite, you can break off pieces, but it's still it's still part of the stone, correct? So you can, you can take parts off and kind of throw it away, but it's still part of you. It's still made up of this whole stone. So um, I realized that whether you needed to go back to your 16-year-old self to forgive your mother or you needed to go back to your 16-year-old self to forgive yourself for not knowing what you do now, that's the problem. We address the issue as an adult now and how we see it and how we remembered it or whatever. And, you know, I realized in doing these intuitive, these breakthrough sessions, we need to break through with you. How do we forgive you? Because how are you going to move forward and heal and be all these beautiful things that you need to be for your future self, for your kids one day, whatever it may be. Um, you know, sometimes it is versions of younger versions of ourselves or 
who people were when we were younger that we need to really go back and look at in the face like you and I did, right? We went into a meditative state and I asked and I pretty much made her show up. But <laughs> I was like, this is it. She's right there. And it's very different when you're looking at yourself on that level in that deep meditative state of like, I'm looking at you. I can talk, you know, you could reach out and hold her hand. You can hold her face. Like she's very real. She's still you. Um, so I just realized that it was just very intuitive. I just realized that's what people needed. And that's when I just started doing it. It just kind of happened. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> cool. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so you also have experience working in the animal rescue field, correct? I do. Yes, I do. I was so stoked when I found that out. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yes. How has animals played in your journey to like finding out your, your, so I'm going to say superpowers because you are superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> and your um, journey in general. Yeah. So um, my grandfather was now past he's been he's been deceased since I was in third grade but he always brought me to the animal shelter out locally by us um that's kind of where it started then um always having just a, a, a love like a huge affinity for just wanting to help animals um I was able to get into one of the other local shelters in Connecticut and work as like the shelter staff just answering phones that's how it started and then I was um applying to be an animal control officer and I did that for a bit on and off. And that was really encompassing to watch the whole thing full circle of like rescuing an animal, bringing it to the vet, getting it adopted, cleaning out the, like the, the whole process of, because I've crawled through muck and dirty, disgusting situations to rescue feral cats. I've gone out at 2 a.m. to grab a dog that was like protecting its owner's body because they passed away. So you're one time in, one time out by the cops. They, they tell you that's it. You get one time, you get, that's it. So I've been in all of these crazy random situations. And then I follow these animals after because most of us, if you're a crazy dog mom, you create a Facebook page or a Instagram and you're like, oh my God, look at, look at Macy. Like one of my favorite rescues is Macy, Black Pitbull. Very similar to my girl that I have now, which is why I think I love her even more. If I couldn't possibly love her more. Um, like I see pictures of her now. She's like six. I'm like, this is great. She lives out Maine on like 30 acres. I'm like just living the life. And there's something about animals. And you know, they yeah. give you that unconditional love. Always. Um, my dog Coco that I was talking about earlier, like she was my entire world. And she went through every single boyfriend and breakup every move the divorce of my parents everything they are family you know right i mean they are your family so it's not just like losing like a grandparent it's not just lose like it was like she's my daughter she my daughter died you know what i mean um and having her because she's a pit bull and the stigma surrounded I didn't realize it. I was really blind to it when I adopted her and people would cross the other side of the road to avoid her. And I'm like, what? You know, so me being me, I went and got her certified as a, as a therapy animal. And I was like, mm, okay. 
Excuse me. But I was like, you're not going to tell me my dog, my dog's not vicious. My dog came from a dog fighting ring in New Haven, Connecticut. She came from the, a very, very terrible situation. So did my dog now. She came from a, um, she was overbred. She's a year old. She already had puppies. So, you know, I'm all about the rescuing. You know what I mean? I'm all about all of those things. So I don't know. It just, Coco, she changed my entire life. My entire life when I was going through the thick of it, really, really bad depression, anxiety. Um, when I almost committed suicide, she like it was that moment of I, she'll never know what happened to me if I leave. Yep. So I owe it to her to stay alive and be here for her. Um, so it's hard. Sorry. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's hard. It, it, it's hard, but they change your entire life, your entire life. Um, yeah. And it's, it's rewarding. It's rewarding being a, a pet parent, you know, so. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me about Bailey. Is she close? She is close. Bailey, wake up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lump of a log over here. Bailey. Hello. Say hi. I was sleeping. Say hello. It's really hard to see her. Hi, Bailey. <laughs> That's my girl. She's about 14 months. Um, she came from a backyard breeding situation in another one of the local cities by me um and her and her sister her sister was so cute um her name was luna she was a little bit she was a little younger a little little tiny thing full of energy and i was like i can't handle you no <laughs> uh, but bailey was in the backyard of the shelter two days after coco passed away and i just wanted to go pet a dog that's all i wanted so i went and I showed up in the backyard. She jumped up on the picnic table and I looked at her and I was like, oh, you have Coco's eyes. And then I started crying and she leaned into me. That was all she had. She leaned in and let me cry on her. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> Dave was like my, my fiance. He's like, do not get any ideas. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I promise. And then <laughs> two weeks later, I go to check on her. To see if she's still there. And um, my old boss, it was the old shelter I used to work at as an animal control officer. And she's like, somebody's interested in her. So if you want her, uh, you have first dibs. And I was like, I don't want to take her away from somebody. So I let them go through the process of meeting her or whatever. I didn't want to do that. Um, really interesting story. That little bit of a backstory of why I have her in the first place. So Dave was not, not cool getting another dog. Um, and after Coco passed, she sent a lot of yellow butterflies and all, everybody was seeing her everywhere. Like family members that I don't talk to that don't have Facebook, that don't know the story. I don't know if you read the story at all. So, um, she was popping up everywhere. So I go, Dave, come on, we got to get this dog like three weeks later. And he's like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Okay. So I'm driving home. I'm sitting at the light, getting ready to turn into our apartment complex, and a yellow butterfly flies into my car, lands, and I pull it. And now I'm now I'm hysterical over it. I'm like, oh my god! And it was like I almost could hear her like, it's okay, mom. I sent her. Tell daddy it's okay. She's my sister. And I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, ugly crying. You see that face? <laughs> ugly crying. It was. I was like, okay, okay. I told him that story, and he was like, well. Oh my god! Coco wants. Oh yeah, it can't. <laughs> you cannot make this crap up. You can't. 
Um, and he's like, well, she gets what she wants. So call him back, tell her we're gonna, and I was like, okay. So, um, so good for, I, for she's 14, 15 months. She takes treats so, better than Coco did at 12 years old. <laughs> so gentle. You tell her something once, she listens. She's very well-trained, like knows a lot already. I'm like, oh my God, you definitely are your sister's sister because she was so well-behaved. She was, mil I was militant with Coco and she was the best dog. So yeah. um, sorry, it was a very long drawn out story, but that's kind of. That's no, you're in the right group. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's very, it's very emotional. <laughs> yeah. it's, so it's so good. Yeah. So I don't even know how to ask this question, but like I see so many ties of how you just transmute all this trauma into just beautifulness. Like, so animal control, inner child work, you were just recently a 911 dispatcher. Like, how do you take that stuff that's so heavy and turn it into just like amazing? <laughs> um. I don't know. I think when you grow up in chaos or unstableness, um, I had a mom that struggled a lot with her mental health. My father wasn't around a lot, but that was because he worked to keep us with a roof over our head. Um, there was some physical abuse here and there. Um, I'm trying to keep this light just in case my mom hears this one day, but um, that's the reality of what it is. And um, I just stepped in always. I just, when it got bad, I grabbed my brother and we went next door. So my ne next door neighbors, I, I call them like my mom and my dad as well, because um, my dad is a, is a fireman. He's a retired career fireman for many, many years. So I grew up in a firehouse. So I saw the camaraderie. I saw the family aspect and I was like, I really want this and I need this. And it's no like surprise, my brother went on to be a cop um, in the, one of the largest cities in Connecticut. And I just thought I wanted to be a police officer. So I went and got my EMT certification, knowing that I'm not good with blood. I was like, I can't do this. I can't deliver somebody's baby. I can't look at blood. I can't, I can't, I can't until you like you do it. And you're like, oh, okay, I could do this. And it's a mental game. It's not for everybody. You have to be a certain type of person because I was able to have, you have to have a balance of compassion and knowing when to clock in and clock out of every call. Yeah. So you don't take it home, but you get the overdoses of the same person multiple times a day. And it's so easy to be like, to initially go WTF, this is the fourth time I'm I'm coming to save your life, and all you care about is that I ruined your high. That that hits right here real hard because you're like, are you you were dead four times today? Not kidding. Like released from the hospital, back out on the road. Like I'm mean, four times is exaggerating. The most I've I had was three in one day. Um, and then you get the people that are just they're they're homeless and they're hungry and if they call nine one one they can get a warm meal and a bed for a little bit you know it's like it's this weird balance of of you have to have compassion for people, um, and I just know how to stay calm in stressful situations because like I said I just grew up stressed out constantly that I didn't know my so it was like I always had to think ahead and always had to think about how am I gonna how am I gonna stay safe, and then somehow that just I was able to just do that for other people. I can't explain it. It was just, 
911 dispatching is not the same as being on the road. I have to say that was not, it was very difficult for me because at least on a scene, if somebody's in cardiac arrest, it's give the person who called 911 a job, go get their medication, go do something, get out of the room. I need to save your husband. You need to leave. You need to come. Like there's a different level of control and not that I need control, but it's just, it's easier to manage a scene that way. You know what I mean? Whereas on the phone, you have no freaking clue really what's going on. You're just guessing and typing. You know what I mean? So um, it really, it happens a couple, like it's happened a couple times where I just looked up on like either a new moon or a full moon. I try to go outside and be under her. And I looked up and I just had like this moment of like, I was like in trance and it was like, it was all for this. I needed to endure all of this trauma. I needed to endure all of this pain because now I can, it's my medicine to treat other people. It's my way of healing and helping other women. Like I, it was all for a bigger purpose. There was a bigger plan to this. And I know it seems very, ooh, la la, butterflies and rainbows. Baby, it's not, baby, it's not. I am not love and light, okay? I am not gonna pretend like I'm, you know me, or at least you've known me long enough. I'm straight to the point, I'm no BS, and I'm gonna give you that tough love because without dark, there's no light and vice versa. You have to step into the, like I, that's where I thrive. I thrive in that dark. I wanna go through that. I wanna go through the thick and like clear the brush because there's a, I just think the view is much more beautiful there. If you're just given that path of light to walk, that's privilege. You, that's, that's straight up privilege. If you could just walk the line with no problem, no darkness, that's, you're not, I don't know. It's not the same thing. You know what I mean? And if that's what you got, that's great. Good for you. But, um, to get to who you are, you gotta go through it. You have to, you have to almost, not that you want to relive it, but you got to see it for what it is. Um, and I've just been able to just, I just keep taking steps. And I think I just know that at least my belief is that before I got here in this physical life, I had to die before. And there are many lives that I've lived. Whatever I didn't learn in that past life, I'm doing now. So however it is that I need to learn that, and when my time comes and I pass, like that was predetermined. I decided that. So, you know, when people die or why did, you know, why did this person die? So why did they die at 12? Why, why do children die? Why? I don't have answers for that. I don't. But I do believe that your spirit still lives on. It's just a physical body. So that helps that comfort, that knowing that like, it's all good. If I didn't get you in this life, I'll get you in the next. Like, it's all good. Like I, and that's how I live now. I'm like, I can't, you got to know who to give your energy to, what to give your energy to. It's not worth it. It's not like, you gotta, you gotta like live now and just be good now. And putting that ego aside, that's hard for people. Especially when they're like, well, I'm right. It's like, are you? Where are you the problem? You know, like we think we're all knowing and we're all like, yeah, like I'm not wrong. And it's, it's you know what I mean? Ah, yeah. So beautifully said. So beautifully said. You guys yeah. get why I like her now? She is like, <laughs> on it, right? <laughs> Knock it out of the park. <laughs> I spent the last three years on Front Seat Rider talking about depression and you can't see the light of hope if you haven't been in that dark you haven't you don't have anything to compare it to right so yes beautifully beautifully stated <clears throat> so on that note of compassion having to have compassion for others mm -hmm. on this healing journey how do you learn to have compassion for yourself because i feel like once you have that part down 
the compassion for others comes so much easier. But like, where the hell do you start, right? <laughs> Forgiveness. They really go hand in hand. I, I talk a lot about language and forgiveness are my two big things. Um, how you speak about it, anything, how you speak it is how you store it. So, ooh, I love that. How yeah. you speak it is how you store it. Because yeah, then that's then how you store it and then, then talk about it. It's that cycle. So your language is huge. So what plays a part in your language is then how you speak to yourself. So there's that forgiveness aspect. You gotta like let you gotta let go of the, the, the stuff that you can't control. Most of the time the trauma that you endure wasn't your fault, but it's your responsibility to fix it and to heal and to be a better a better you. You know what I mean? Like really where that starts is forgiveness. Forgiveness and language. Those are the two big things. But that's, yes. you got to put your ego aside. You got to be willing to do the work. And that's the hard part. Everyone knows. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. But doing the thing is very different than knowing the thing. So. Oh, my gosh. So true. I think yeah. that's why I put a lot of my healing on hold. Um, especially, mm -hmm. like, after my dad died, I, like, literally didn't grieve. I thought I was grieving, but I didn't grieve for like three or four years because I had to be strong for my mom, be strong for my sister, just mm -hmm. deal with my day-to-day -day stuff. And it's like, you, know, you have to work through that and yeah. then you can be stronger for those people. <laughs> you can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love you so much. I love you too. You have no idea. But it's true. It, but it's hard because I, I get that because when Coco died, I was this because my fiance was a wreck. He was like, that was his, like his dog too, just as much as it was mine, even though he only knew her for two years. Like I had to put on a face for him and then I fell apart. And then he had to be, and he was like, I can't believe how much I was. He's like, I don't know how you, how are you handling this? How? I'm like, you just don't have a choice. You figure it out. I wanted to be strong for you. I chose that. And then in silent, I cried. And then when I felt like I could go to him and actually cry, when I felt like he was in a better place, then I let it go. I mean, don't act like I didn't cry over her dead body that day because I did a lot. So yeah. um, it's just one of those things when you're in it, you just, you act how you need, or you just, you do what you need to do in the moment to get by. But sometimes that's not always the best thing because then you realize like what you did, you just harbored all that grief that you didn't get to deal with because you dealt with it for somebody else. So you're dealing with it more than one time because you're dealing with everybody else's. So it's like, it gets heavy. It gets fucking heavy. And people just forget to ask for help. Like, hey, I need it. I need somebody to lean on. You know what I mean? And you forget. Sorry, I swore I wasn't, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. That happened by accident. My bad. I was trying to be good the whole time. <laughs> We're being real here. We're being real. It's real. <laughs> it needs to be hammered home. And if those words need to be used, that is cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, like this has been, God, this has been amazing. I love you so much. I don't even know where to go from here. Um, That's the way. I'm an open book. I'm pretty, open. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty like whatever, 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 whatever. So you, let's talk about your group. Tell me about the Spiritual Hub. Yeah. Um, I was in a group program back in sometime this summer. And the... Coach was also super intuitive and 
we jumped on a Zoom at the end of one of our group calls and I decided to ask a question, which I'm not that person, but I came on screen and she went, holy God, you have a lot of guides and spirits and ancestors <laughs> and oh my God, like right there, I could see them all. And I was like, I am kind of a closet witch. Like that was the term I used at the time. Um, who's like, you need to do something with this. Like you've been wondering what your thing is. You gotta like get out there, do readings, do something. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I do that for like family and friends. Like I grew up, my, my great aunt is the witch of Worcester street. And either you were terrified of her. <laughs> you didn't know what the, she did because she read cards she was she, that's what she did or you went and you got your cards read by her so the day like I want to say up until a couple years ago she stopped she's like a hundred now she's still alive she's still kicking she's been doing readings forever twenty dollars flat doesn't matter if you're 20 minutes you are an hour you're two hours you're five hours it's 20 bucks and she read for everybody and she's never been wrong at least from what i've heard so um she told me at a really young age like you got this girl like this is i was born with a veil is what she called it it was like a like a thin veil and it was like her fifth or however many cents you want to call it but like she just had a knowing sense about her she was psychic um i have family members as well that are mediums and um in doing some akashic readings which is basically like your library of past lives of all the things that have happened yet to come this that and the third um i saw myself being burned to the stake i was raped i was murdered uh my children were taken from me and my money everything so that's why i yeah hmm, try seeing that when you're not expecting it you want to, I, you saw that stone I had last week that I did the stone rematriation with. That's the stone I did all that work with. It took a hit. And, you know, it's funny because I never believed in crystals until my, one of my, she's like my spiritual coach. She's like, I want you to grab a stone for this. And I was like, a what? Mother, what? <laughs> she's like, grab a crystal, preferably a dark one. And we're going to do some work. I'm like, uh, isn't it just a, isn't it just a rock? <laughs> Like I bought them because they were pretty. Yeah. Take the stone and put it here and we're going to do some work. So long story short, after that session, I looked down and I, they were on fire. I grabbed another one at some point. I didn't even realize it did it. It's on fire. She's like, so you just think that they're a bunch of rocks now? And I was like, no, <laughs> shut up. So um, anyway, I'm going veering off a little bit here. The spiritual hub with Jessica Dinatale was created because uh i realized there was a need for women that just didn't have an outlet that had gifts or they had some type of something and they didn't know what the hell to do with it they were just confused they had questions so i really the container was built or born from that need for community and feeling like you're not alone in all of this um because it's easy to get caught up and, and get scared a lot of us get scared they don't want to go inward because they don't know what they're going to find or they see things and they don't understand or, you know, the famous question, can I pull cards for myself? You absolutely can. The problem with that sometimes is that we can influence the cards. So, and a lot of us don't want to know what we're going to find, or we try to make it so we find what we want. So you have to go in very vulnerable and open-minded, ego aside again. And, um, 
you know, in that group, we go into like reading tarot because I'm still learning how to read tarot. So every Tuesday, we'll like pull a card, we'll talk about it. Um, witchy Wednesdays, we go over like how to ground yourself, how to keep yourself, you know, safe from spirit, bad spirit, whatever, um, you know, different types of crystals and things like that. And I go live once a week, I do card pulls. And like, that's my, the hub, the hub is a meeting spot. Like that's my baby. That's where I give all of my love, all of my, where I did my 30 truths, 30 days. Like I get real vulnerable and really like raw in there. Um, in hopes that other people realize that they can too, and that they're not alone in this, you know, like this is a lot, this is could be, and especially if you're trying to explore it, you really need somebody that gets it, you know, and I'm not saying other people don't, but you know, starting this at such a young age and seeing symbols and like I had a Grim Reaper follow me around all of first and second grade. I have no idea why. Um, they, we, I finally realized that was all of my trauma manifesting as a kid. And that's how it presented itself. So, um, you know, I saw people hang. I, ha I saw a man hanging in my tree in my backyard in first grade. Wow. Why does a <laughs> when you look at your mom and you say, mommy, why is there a man hanging by his neck in the tree? And she looks at you like you need mental, serious mental health, like help. Yeah, that was bad. And I was threatened with needles. That's how they tried to cure me of all of what I was seeing. So, no, I didn't have an outlet. I didn't have anybody to talk to. And the one person that I did took advantage of my vulnerability was in my life for way too long. And ended up being super inappropriate and just dragged this in this relationship on because I felt like I had a connection or a bond with this person. They were the only person that could understand me and very much took advantage of me. So yeah, I'm kind of scarred. Like when I like when I look back, I'm like, dang it. But you know what? It don't gotta be like that. And even if it was, it is what it is. It already happened. I can't change it. So how do I just move forward? You know what I mean? So that that's what the hub really is. It's 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 a meeting spot. It's a way to just be like ask random questions about anything. So and that's where I advertise, obviously, my sessions and my card readings and everything else. So it's just it's really it's my baby. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I have to say that I I commend you and I really, really appreciate how vulnerable and how open you are with the group because that does. It sets the tone for everyone else to be open and vulnerable. And just mm. you doing your owning your truth had me have to do some of my owning my truth, yeah. which has just been the domino effect. And I can't imagine how many people are being touched by your work. So it's amazing. Thank you. I hope, you know, and thank you. That means a lot. It means I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? And, you know, when you have another friend slash client text you like, you inspire me to be a better person. Like, this is what I did today. Let me share this experience with you. This is something I've never done. And you're like, me? Like, you think, like I think like me, you know what I mean? I, I don't see myself as any, like I'm everyday normal. I blend in with people. I don't look like a witch. <laughs> you wanna call me, you know what I mean? I kind of don't like to use that terminology. It's a little outdated. Um, You know, I just like, I, everybody's like, really, you know how to do all these things? And then I do them and they're like, okay, all right, well, we're not. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't see it. I don't see myself as different. You know, I, I, I just, I mean, I am different, but we're all different. We all have things and we all have gifts. Yes. We all yes. have gifts, whether you've explored them, found them, know them, 
It don't matter. They're there. You just got to go in and that's how you find them. And you have to just be willing, you know, it's scary. It's scary sometimes though. So that's why, that's why I, I birthed the hub. So I love it there. <laughs> yeah. oh, brilliant. Yes. All right. I could talk to you about this forever. Oh, okay. I, got, I got time. I got plenty of time. You let me know when we're getting off. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try to wrap this up for everyone else and ask you a few closing questions. Um, so one, what lights you up? Oh, as far as like, what do you mean? Like specifically? However you want to answer that. Oh. New scenery. I know it's silly, but like that's the first thing I thought of. Was like when I go on hikes and I like you get to the break and you get to see the water overlook, or you get to see the like fall time, the leaves, like the crisp, the air. Like this time of year is a weird time because it's the holidays and it's seasonal depression. So I really have to like fight for the best days of my life, and I know you know what that means. Um, but seeing other people happy, knowing that I'm doing something good that's impactful, like, that's such a, I've never, I've never been asked that. So I never really thought about it, but it, it's the little things. It's being out in nature. It's like little, like just little stuff like that. What lights you up, Kalia? I want to know. This no, conversation. <laughs> Sorry, I flipped it on you. I want to know now. I want to know. This conversation lights me up. Like I said, I could talk about this forever. I, I truly agree that everyone has their own gifts. We just have to really uncover that. Yeah. And and I'm all about just being able to embrace every aspect of yourself yeah. to really shine brightly and like figure out what lights you up. Do yeah. the work. Do yeah. the work. Figure out what lights you up and like show up as that person. Because just like you and me, if you show up that authentic self, that made me show up my authentic self. And it's seriously a ripple effect, a domino effect in the whole world. If everyone showed up the way they were meant to show up, Ugh. holy crap, dude. It would <laughs> no be a whole different world we lived in. Everybody's hiding behind their shadows. Everybody's hiding behind the crap that they think they need to hide. And it's like, that's not, you're, that's not why you're here, baby. You're not here for that. You're not here to hide. You're here to be exactly who the F-U-C-K you want to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not for everybody. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something for me to say, honestly and truly is not something I could have said even a couple weeks ago. Like it's taken a lot of time to realize like, this is what I do. This is who I am. You don't like it. You know what I mean? It is what it is. So the people that matter, that I trust, that love me, that don't care what the hell I do. I could be, you know, I could do basket weaving in the middle of the ocean. They wouldn't care. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It's the people that love you that show up and want to support you. You know what I mean? So don't hide behind those shadows. Look at them for what they are. Bring them out of the shadows. Put them in light and see that maybe the shadow that you're trying to hide behind, maybe it doesn't really need to be hidden. It just needs understanding. Compassion, forgiveness, love, all of the things. All of the things. So. Yes. Yes. Ah, so much. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we are going to put the link to um, book a session with Jessica. Her link to the hub. Yep. Um, and anything else you want to promote, just we'll put it in the comments below. Sure. Yeah. And in the hub, if you join, um, I haven't really promoted it because I just did it. 
But if you are a member of the hub, you get $10 off any session. There's um, there's a little code in there as well in like the description. So if you were interested in jumping on with me, you get 10 bucks off. Um, and yeah, I have a couple other things coming up as well. So I can, I can give you that information if people want to join. But I'm just, thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, um, stay on and I will click off live. So everyone else have a fantastic week and if you celebrate Thanksgiving, have a fantastic Thanksgiving and I love you guys. Bye guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me take this time to remind you, stop dimming your light. You do not need outside validation anymore. Everything you need is already inside of you. Stand brightly because the light is all around you. You are never truly alone, even in your darkest moments. Embrace every aspect of you and start living truly authentic to your soul. Everything you want is in the light above solitude. Until next time, friends, I love you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you love what you heard and you feel called to support my work, you can now do so by buying me a coffee. A donation is never expected, but always greatly appreciated by me and my pack. Your support helps keep my content flowing and my platforms as ad-free as possible. So head over to lightabovesolitude.com and look for the support tab. While you're there, you can check out all the great ways to stay connected with details on my membership, motivational text messages, and links to all my socials. You can now even drop me a voicemail by clicking the mic icon in the lower right corner. Thanks again and keep on shining, friends.